there was a point where I didn't know who Mark Vetri was. But the pasta dough recipe that we use is a direct lineage from Mark Vetri to our old boss to the kids who work with us now. Mm-hmm. And so I got to teach Brian that today. And then I got to teach him how to make annulotti the way that I was taught how to make annulotti. And like that, I didn't anticipate how like fulfilling and how like just how good that would make me feel, you know, like, and it's, it's a weird thing too, because like, I want to make all of the pasta. Like, I don't want anyone else to do it. I want to do it because it's like the best form of therapy I've come in contact with. Like, you know whatever it it, it 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 helps me not be such a lunatic but but i got to teach that to brian today and it's it's like it's that's just such an incredible opportunity such a beautiful fucking thing like i like i i i get to continue to pass down something that was passed to me <laughs> Welcome to the next episode of Panko Podcast. Welcome to the next episode of he, he always says Functional the, Alcohol. Always says it's the next episode. Um, <laughs> it's the current one. I get it. I, I see where. I see where you're. This is already mayhem. We haven't even started. I feel like we've done this podcast every day for the last. 14 to 20 days. <laughs> Accurate. Right? It's back. Welcome to this current episode of Pancom Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Beltran, with our guest, Christopher Hughesby, the executive chef of the Gibson Room, located here in Miami, Florida, in the lovely neighborhood that's named Shenandoah. Are we rolling? Yeah. We're rolling. We're, we're very rolling. rolling. I love that. Yeah, things are happening. There's no warning. You just fucking fire away, huh? Oh, uh, no. We just... We're, like, there is... Uh, we're in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here we are. <laughs> Very fucking proud of you. Chris, welcome back. Hey, Chris thanks. was actually our first guest. Nick, can you confirm? Uh, Chris was... Bitch, I can confirm. I was fucking there. What do you mean? We, 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 <laughs> might, we might not have put him out first. He was the first recorded guest. There you go. Yeah. We might, we might have, for some reason, bumped him for Pablo. Debatable. Deba- yeah. You know what? I'm going to have to... Never mind. I'll pull up wow. Spotify when we leave. Wow. Wow. Chris, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on Pancom Podcast. Listen, boss, it's the least I can do. <laughs> Didn't really have a choice in the matter. <laughs> I don't even know where. I don't even know how to start this because we already have like your background, right? Well, we, yeah. let, Let's do, do your best to tell the people who have no idea what's uh, happening who this is. I just said it. I said uh, Chris Christopher Hughesby, yeah. the yeah. executive chef of the Gibson Room, yeah. uh, lovely, lovely located in Shenandoah. That has been open now for 12 days. And the gentleman also double fisting a sake and a Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. Here we are. That's me. Yeah. So, backstory? Probably I mean, are idea. we going to do like a... Is this the part of Netflix that you hit skip recap? Or are we going to do the... <laughs> I'm going to with a quick recap then. Uh, Chef Mike and I worked together at the Cypress Room like uh, 2012 to 2014. Yeah. Uh, first he hated me. Then he loved me. Here we are. And uh, at the end of... I didn't hate you. It was questionable you were wearing white clogs. You, you, it was questionable. You definitely didn't like me. And well, it was, sure. It was for fair. good reason. I mean, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, at the end of my time at the Cypress Room, um, my dad actually passed and I stopped working in kitchens uh, to work for my family business. That was about uh, an eight-year period. And around Christmas... 
of last year, Chef Mike offered me a job to run a kitchen for on behalf of the Area Hospitality Group, and uh, I took it. Merry fucking Christmas! And huh? Here we fucking are. Hey, but uh, th- that business is pretty legendary, right? Your your parents ran oh, Footworks, still in do South yeah. Miami. Um, that's been there for what thirty five years? Forty five now. Forty five years. That business is ten years older than I am, so uh, it's still going strong. My mom is still uh, doing the thing. Still providing a service to runners in uh, the local community. Yeah, I mean, last time we did this podcast uh, together was, what, two years ago? Two plus years ago? And brought to you by our lovely sponsors, Monopolio, that give us the booze all the time. Um, okay, put it back. It's got to face the thing. Oh, um, this is a YouTube show also, okay? Oh, yeah? Yeah, you didn't know because of the big fucking light? <laughs> Come on. Um, two years ago, you were not cooking. Correct. Right. Um you were doing other things. Mm-hmm. Well, I was cooking, just not, you know. Just, right, just different. In a restaurant. Different types of cooking. And then you... Um, <laughs> <laughs> John Stowe is so bad. We're not talking about cooking crack, okay? We're not doing that. <laughs> it wasn't um, meth either. It's yeah. Fine. Fine. Um, and then you started cooking again a year ago, maybe? What do you mean? Like when you started working in kitchens again. Oh, yeah. So I'd say like a year ago... Uh, Simon from El Bagel was looking for people to help out. And uh, it seemed like a like a fun thing to do, you know. And it was. It was great. Great sourdough bagels, sandwiches. But, uh, yeah, I think that that's kind of what opened the door, no? Yeah, I mean, uh, would you say that you just kind of, like, missed the type of kitchen that we worked in? 100%. And so, I will say this. I... I felt like going into something that was like casual and kind of low stakes was like, you know, like it'll be fun and I don't have to commit. But then I remember calling you and being like, <sighs> right. And I feel like that was what kind of led to this. Yeah. I mean, I think like when you, <clears throat> when you're used to a certain type of cuisine, I'll say it's hard to like deviate away from that. I'd way. also say like a standard, right? Like, you know, like, and, and, there's no reason that a place like El Bagel should should even worry about the things that we worry about because it's a bagel shop. But, mm-hmm. you know, like just simple things like, you know, having a bane for your tools, right? And then changing that bane water and like keeping your station clean as if it was a fine dining state, like fine dining kitchen, even if it's a bagel shop. Right. Left me like wanting to do more than that. So, right. Yeah. So, I'll, I mean, I don't know if I've talked about this on record, but like a, a big thing when, but it's so here for you. <laughs> a big thing when uh, the whole opportunity of the Gibson became available, you know, you were, um, it, w- it was a big deal to get you to, uh, to woo you, to woo you. Yeah. Back, back to work with me because I think that, uh, like that was a really great opportunity to to run an actual restaurant for you. It's a good size. I think that we could do a lot of like cool and interesting things. And I mean, if nothing else, we have a lot of cool and interesting ideas. Maybe they don't always pan out, and that's totally okay. Um, but I knew that I could like sit there and, and vibe with someone about food. So that was like a big deal for me. And then you, I mean, I think maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. I was really close to finishing the deal you had taken you had essentially verbally accepted the job 
And it was kind of like, I don't know, maybe a month past, right? Maybe two. A month past what? Of us just kind of like waiting for this deal to be yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first time I, I like ever did something like that, which was like recruit someone, work on a deal. This restaurant is specifically going to be built around your strengths, my strengths, our strengths together, what we could accomplish together. And then alongside of that, very fortunately enough, uh, you brought two very young, talented, and hungry cooks with you that I think, um, you know, have really rounded out a good team. And, you know, it's been a very interesting journey, right? Because we took over essentially what was confused as like a dive bar, college bar thing, uh, karaoke night, which if you like karaoke, I'm sorry. I'm not poo-pooing on you. I'm just not, it's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, you know, trivia night thing, just like, it was like weird, but something for me like that, that room always felt like I had a really good soul. Yep. Thanks to our sponsor, Aganorsa Leaf Cigars. Aganorsa Leaf is renowned throughout the world for its signature flavor that possesses all the great attributes of Nicaraguan terroir, along with classic Cuban aroma and flavor. Aganorsa Leaf is pleased to announce a brand new edition of Guardian of the Farm, Cerberus, named after the mythical three-headed hound that stood watch at the gates of Hades. This exciting new Nicaraguan puro uses 100% Aganorsa leaf tobacco and is wrapped in Aganorsa's new Corojo 2012 cover leaf, which adds a level of complexity to the blend, adding light spice and a rich, smooth body to the blend. When you smoke one of our world-class blends, you will experience the difference between ordinary tobacco and Aganorsa leaf. That's why we say our leaf is our strength. Learn more about Aganorsa leaf and use their store locator and find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at www.agonorsaleaf.com. The two of us smoke Agonorsa Leaf cigars often. We also offer them to a lot of our guests, like, for example, Dave Arvello, who every time I post a picture of a, a Cerberus mentions to me in my DMs or in a text how cool the band is, which it actually is a pretty slick-looking band. Um, but also, I just want to note a little personal anecdote here so it's not all totally straight-up red. I can say that uh, Michael Beltran will absolutely not only vouch for the quality of Aganorsa cigars. Yeah. But you met a uh, Miami legend and handed him an Aganorsa cigar. I did meet uh, uh, a Miami legend. I was smoking nearby Alonzo Morning, and we had a conversation about cigars, and he handed me one of his, and I went inside. I bought this exact same cigar, and I handed Alonzo Morning this Aganorsa cigar, and I said, try this. Thank me later. I mean, if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. Aganorsaleaf.com. Thanks to our sponsor, The Barrel. This is a barrel-style cooker you've heard a good amount about on uh, the podcast. I was able to use it a ton in my yard and loved it. It is a unique design, a conversation piece, and most importantly, at least to me, an easy-to-use cooker with loads of capacity for ribs, chicharrón, chicken, cheese, fish, burgers, and that is just a list of the stuff that I was cooking all at once in a cooker not much wider than I am, although I'm pretty wide these days. Mike, not long ago, we took some time during a podcast to cook with the barrel in the garden behind Ariet. So tell listeners about uh, all of that while I roll some footage of the cook for the video people. Very intrigued by the design and how like the actual chicken was going to come out. I 
would have loved to actually cook more than one thing in there, but the chicken came out delicious. It was very quick, too. And we only didn't cook more because it was just the two of us at that point. Right. So Just the... Anyways, I think about it, too, like the home cook that's going to cook this, and maybe they have four people at a table. Maybe they have six. Like, you could cook a good amount of things because we also cooked some veg on there on the top grill, and then we cooked the chicken underneath it. You know, the vegetables were delicious, and they cooked incredibly fast, uh, and the chicken itself was delicious. We used a whole green circle bird, um, trust tied and just hung that thing and it was really really good times get all of the information that you need and of course buy your own barrel at barrel the bbq.com barrel the bbq.com and use promo code pangong 10 that's p-a-n-c-o-n one zero for one hundred dollars off $100. Of your order when you buy the barrel. $100. $100. You know, I saw a barrel. The kids, at, the kids call it a, a C-note. I <laughs> I saw the barrel at a place the other day. Oh, yeah. That's right. You sent me a picture. Yeah. And I was telling everyone around it that was looking at it. I said, don't buy it here. Don't buy, you, it, don't you, buy it online. Don't be a dummy. And hit pan con 10 and you're going to save yourself 100 bucks. They said, what? I said, yeah. Do it. And they were don't like, be a sucker. And then the kid just run, ran out. Oh, man. He just ran straight out of the store. Peeled and, out in his car. Yeah. Straight to, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was on it. Barrelthebbq.com, promo code PANGKONG10 for $100 off. C-note. Introducing the newest line from Jura State Cigars. 20 Acre Farm is a complex, refined, and medium body cigar with a super oaky and cedary notes accompanied by a whisper of white pepper and a bright hint of citrus. Built at La Gran Fabrica, Drew Estate in Nicaragua using a velvety, and I mean velvety, Ecuadorian Connecticut shade grown wrapper. Under that wrapper is a sun-grown Habano binder and a filler blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos from Esteli and Jalapa in perfect balance with the opulent and majestic Florida sun-grown leaf. Florida sun-grown is also the name of the farm where that tobacco is lovingly grown and harvested by Jeff Borshoix, who's the guy you see in this video playing behind us. Uh, on his pristine 20-acre plot of land near the central Florida town of Claremont. I have actually been to that farm, along with plenty of other cigar tobacco farms in Mexico, Central America, and the Dominican Republic. And what Jeff, who, by the way, is a very nice guy, there's actually a cigar box signed by Jeff hanging on my wall. Uh, what Jeff is doing there is super legit. Uh, so it's always cool to see products like his, which is the only premium cigar tobacco grown in Florida, um, in products from a company like Drew Estate. Plus, 20 Acre Farm being a Drew Estate product means it's the creation of Master Blender and Pancom podcast guest, Willie Herrera. Support our guests and sponsors. Get it online. Ask your local cigar shop about 20 Acre Farm by Drew Estate. Learn more about Drew Estate and use their store locator to find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at DrewEstate.com. That's right. I'm probably going to smoke one of those right now. I, what are we waiting for? Uh, and that it could do, like, more. And the neighborhood I know very well because, like, I grew up there. So I knew that that neighborhood, I think, was pretty prime for some really good food. But when we got there, <laughs> when, when we got there, the first move was to essentially scrape the kitchen clean of all items. And I think we had an eight-item menu for like, I don't know, 20 days. 
Probably less. Probably two weeks. Two weeks. I mean, I, I feel like six days in, you were like, we have to get rid of Bang Bang Shrimp. Oh, man. Oh, God. Also, Oof. to say that we that I brought in two young hungry cooks is true. Mm-hmm. But we also were fortunate enough to inherit Uncle... Oh, man. Uncle... Ah. Know, we're going to call him Uncle, Uncle Al. Whatever. Let's not put it out there. Until that can, that, that can be edited. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna beep his actual name out. We're just gonna call him Uncle Al. I'm gonna keep calling him. Well, if you're gonna beep, or can we edit this? You, are we gonna beep it every time we say Uncle Beep? Look, I, I can cut this whole thing out, but can if we're gonna ask me, can you explain why we would beep it out? Mm-hmm. So I, I would say, Fuck uh, you. Let, he is the no, he's right. He's I, right. Would, I would say, call him whatever you want, and I will replace his name every time with one of our many sound effects. Mm. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. So I'm just so, going to keep saying Uncle. Ah, yeah, that's fine. Cool. All right. So we're back around. Start again. And we're back. <laughs> None of that is getting cut. <laughs> so, uh, yes, two young and hungry cooks, um, Chef Nick and Chef Elijah, who I'm incredibly grateful for. And they're, uh, they're a colossal part of this whole thing. As green as it, and as inexperienced as they are, they're just... Hungry and hardworking, but there's also Uncle ah! who was there when we got there, and the, the only surviving kitchen employee. And I'm not even gonna gonna say how old I think he is. He's just older than me, and uh, yeah. he's he's done so much. I mean, he was working fine dining. He was working in front of the house fine dining when I was one year old. Yeah, so. You know, we're talking like Garadon carts. We're talking tableside Caesars. We're talking like all of this classic fine dining shit that you and I love. That like mm-hmm. we're both just like, holy shit, that's so cool. So he has an extensive knowledge of those things, but also lived in New Orleans for ten years. Worked in Vietnamese restaurants. Has done so much in this industry, and is just a wealth of knowledge. And so when Bang Bang Shrimp had to go, yeah, I said, ah, ah, fried shrimp. Hey, Uncle. Ah, Lived in New Orleans for ten years, right? Yeah, yeah. You got a good fried shrimp recipe. I actually, said, yes, I like. I do. I think our bridge menu was pretty delicious, dude. Our bridge menu was pressure. Yeah, I mean, you know, to go from chicken zingers and bang bang shrimp and fucking you know four different burgers. Anyway, yeah, um, to, four different burgers, four different chicken sandwiches, four different tacos. Yep, uh, fish dip out of a can. Yep, and to our to the menu, the bridge menu that we had. Was definitely something to be proud of, and then to see you know the different iterations from then, you know, and, and the little like the slow evolution that led to eventually us serving foie gras at this bar, yeah, you know, serving fucking uh, like just house made charcuterie and all of these things that, you know, looking back at the beginning seemed like this distant, maybe one day we'll get there, and here we are. I mean, it took four months. Yep. You know, I. What's interesting though is that like even in the bridge menu portion and this is why I I thought um getting you on board for a situation like this which was the first time I had done something like this also which was to take over a property that was existing we still had a lot of fun with that bridge menu and I thought like a lot of parts of it were pretty delicious yeah. um they just weren't our goal right right and <clears throat> in the process of coming up with bridge menus and all these kinds of like interesting things i mean it was like it was pretty intense you know it was it was pretty intense but i th- i thought it went pretty well and then when we ripped like all the band-aid off you know and i think that happened actually a week before we closed that we ripped the majority of the band-aid off I mean, probably two yeah two weeks um and people were like wow you know this place is, is serving like you know nice food i'm like oh we're not done yet oh yeah 
you know. And then that process um, – I love stories like this because if there's anyone – of the 22 people that listen to this, right? <laughs> Salina, Kansas, how you doing? <laughs> Shout out to Salina, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that are interested in opening a restaurant just so you have like a good like glimpse of what happens behind the scenes. You know, the whole goal was to do a lot of back-end work, fix functionality of the operation back-end wise. Some of the people that we invested into to train them on our standards and so on and so forth. And then to close for four days, finish all the cosmetic work, and then to reopen four days later. Super ambitious. But in that process of closing for four days, you lose your walk-in, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Where the walk-in that houses not only all of your food, but then all of your beer. And um, you essentially have to then knock on the door of other teammates from abroad, which are Ariette. Nave, so on and so forth, say, hey, I need to borrow some space, <laughs> by the way. I know you guys are really busy. You guys just won that little star thing. It's whatever. You're pretty it's whatever. busy. It's cool. I just need to take like a quarter of your whole walk-in. How do you feel? And them being, them saying like, sure. Sure. You know, like, th- I think those moments, as difficult and as, as fucked as they were, I mean, it shows a lot of like the kind of the culture of the entire company and like people just want to see other people succeed, you know? Couldn't agree more. I feel like that. So that's like a, a concrete example where, I mean, granted, like what are they going to say? No, you know, like we have to put our product somewhere. Right. However, the, the, the response and the support and the willingness to do whatever it takes, because even though we're different properties and we're, you know, we're different restaurants, like it's one team. And like the culture that you've built and that, 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 that this company has built through the team that you've assembled and everything else is, is really like that. It's, it's always evident. Like if you spend any time working for even, I feel like even if you, if you're, especially if you're an industry person and you dine at one of our, our places, like it's, you have no choice but to be aware of it. Like it's, it's evident in the service you get and the food you eat. But then to be like on the inside and to be working for the company and have that experience, like to just have like an outpouring of support from people that have nothing to do with the restaurant that I run, you know, like it's just, it's incredible. Like it's, it's really overwhelming sometimes because it's, uh, it's just this, this force, you know? And like, I think that a lot of your success has to do with that has to do with the culture that you've created and the willingness to just do whatever it takes in a team aspect, you know? So fast forward to the walk-in broken, (laughs) sourcing a compressor part from Kansas or something. I don't fucking know where it came from. We're back to Salina, yeah? We're back to Salina. (laughs) And then getting the walk-in working, moving everything back over there. And our entire plan was to, like, prep up super heavy, be ready for the day that we open the day before, and that just didn't work out that way. Right. So then the Thursday, I, it's hard not, it's hard to not really acknowledge the fact that in the four days that we were closed, two people, Brittany Rothwell and Rachel McCauley, absolutely crushed everything in their, like every obstacle in their way. And I remember, so the Wednesday before, <laughs> I, I, we did a podcast. 
here, and I don't remember with who. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to the Gibson, and I'm going to check out where we're at. And then that was um, uh, Philip. Oh, that's right. Advertising guy? No, no, no. Oh. Philip Franklin Lee. And oh, um, nice. I go back over there, and I'm looking around, and I said, well, I mean, I guess we could open on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it was like, um, fuck, you know, it, it could come together, maybe. Hmm. Um, but a lot of, like, dominoes need to fall in place. Dude, I was there, like, that, that Wednesday being in the space – Talking to Brittany, talking to to um, Rachel, and all of us saying like, "Well, yeah, I guess we could push it back a day." And then I I also remember at that same time, but we're not. Yeah, no, I remember that conversation. But we're fucking not. And at the same time, you know, like we're somewhat finished with like painting things, putting up deer heads. But, you know, the marlin was still on the stage. The piano had not even arrived. Christ. And um, then seeing the bar team essentially start working at midnight. Right? They started work at midnight, resetting the bar, reloading of the bar. Tom Lasher Walker, our beverage director and, and uh, wonderful, wonderful cocktail slanger. Yeah. Um, he was incredibly motivated to get it going. Yep. I think that um, he's obviously got several cocktail menus throughout the company, but I think this was his first opportunity to really showcase like what Tom can do behind an actual just bar. Yep. Um, and, I mean, they worked throughout the night. I think they finished their night at 5 a.m. Yep. And, you know, the work of those people, to see them, like, grind so hard – you know, waking up Thursday, and I got back to property at 7 a.m. on Thursday, and or 7.30. And when I got there at 7.30, Devell, the artist, was up there. He was a very interesting guy. And he's like, hey, Mike. <laughs> and he's just, like, finishing the sign. And I'm like, well, the sign's up. Okay, well, yeah. that's good. And um, then seeing our electrician, our plumber, uh, and, you know, some of our Hantney guys there at 7.30, 7.40, and that is only motivated by Rachel McCauley, 150%. Mind you, I find out after the fact that a bunch of these guys are coming off an overnight job. Mm-hmm. So these guys are clocking out at 5 or 6 in the morning and then showing up an hour later to finish our restaurant. Only because they fear Rachel that much. You're goddamn right. Yeah. You? Only because they fear Rachel that much. And then, <laughs> and if you know Rachel, then you, you you'd understand. understand. Yeah. And then the night before, you know, when I left at like one, Brittany was in there with the 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 ads in the bathroom, putting the all the exacto knife in the exacto knife. I mean, it was pretty oh incredible, my God. right? So then, when I get there at seven, and I stayed till like ten or eleven because I had to go to Chugs to go do some work, um, like the restaurant. Looks like a restaurant. It was incredible. It, it looked it looked like a restaurant. The dimmers worked. Um, sound was kind of there. There um, enough. There enough. Um, you know, like it was crazy. Yeah. So at that point, I'm like, "Fuck it! Now we gotta open." Oh, we're there. We ain't got no choice. I mean, I felt that way Wednesday in the middle of the day. Had my doubts. Wasn't yeah. sure. Wednesday, post 10 p.m., uh-huh. God damn it, let's ride. God damn it, let's ride. I think it was, um, 
one of the the better scenes I've seen for like a, a restaurant opening. Woof. How you doing? What's this timer for? <laughs> Apparently I set an alarm for eleven fifteen. What's the alarm for? Don't know. Yeah, that was probably AM, right? How you doing? Yeah. You know. Well, good thing you didn't need it. Well, uh, <laughs> well. And then, you know, to see it all, and then Thursday night, obviously, it was like a pretty solid rush to the door of people, you know, supporters, um, lots of people involved with the business, lots of other, you know, area hospitality employees, uh, investors, whatever it may be, and just like a lot of overall support. And I think that what we saw over that three-day span between Thursday, Friday, Saturday was incredibly romantic for me. Yeah. I mean, like, you could say beautiful, but, like, and yes, it is, but people always ask me, like, you know, why do you like restaurants? I, I'm a huge romantic about, like, what restaurants really do for people overall, both on, like, the employee side and then on the guest side, too. Mm. You know, like, on the guest side, people very much enjoy the product that we put out. Sure. And on the employee side, I think people push themselves to maybe somewhere that maybe they thought they had in them. Maybe they weren't sure. But then when they did it and they conquered it, I think that the next day they were like, all right, let's fucking ride. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those things where like, I, I don't, I don't know. So this is the first time for me that I'm running a kitchen. Um, and as such, like I, I have to do pre-shifts. Right. And so, in the pre-shifts leading up to the changeover, I I kept saying, like, you know, this is a huge opportunity. Like, we're going to go from where we were to what we're shooting for. And what we're shooting for is something that's like, you know, that, like, if you learn this skill set and you can, you can perform well in this environment, like, you can go on to do anything anywhere, really. Because, like, we have... We have such high standards and we have such a, 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 a rigorous like system in place to do things well that like if you can learn this and do this well, it really will translate to so many other things in this industry. And so trying to impart that like a as front of the house, you'll make more money because for a variety of reasons, but B like the skill set you're going to learn the steps of service, all of these things. It's such a such a high standard that like, you know, it's in your best interest as a server, as a front of the house person to give a shit and to, to put the effort into this. And so many of them stepped up and did that. And it's just, it's really, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see because to go from where we were to where we are is just, it's, it's a monumental undertaking. Well, I, I, what I find interesting too is, you know, I think the core of the front of the house stayed the same ish. For the most part, yeah. You know, with the addition of uh, Max from our team. Right. That I moved over. Bianca. Uh, Bianca was an ad and a great one at that. Um, Sebastian was already there. Sebast was already there. Crushing it. Ashley was already there. I think that um, they definitely rose to the occasion. Yep. They rose to the occasion. They, you know, not only did they adopt the standard, but they wanted to do it well. Yep. And, you know, of course, like restaurant openings are exhausting and they're tiring. Uh, and I think that they like pushed through a good amount of that. And they all did like a really bang up job. Now, the first weekend was one thing. 
the second week, full week, was a complete other uh, thing. And, you know, I've done, I think, what did I say? It was like my ninth restaurant opening. Yeah. Yeah, it was my ninth restaurant opening. And this was the first time I did one like that. It was like a changeover. I mean, literally, people were walking in like, what is this place? I don't know. Yeah. Wasn't this something else five days ago? (laughs) And, um, you know, to see kind of like the like all of our staff react to that and still try to like crush that I thought was pretty amazing week two though week two was intense week two was intense um I think it was a good representation of what that space can do and still I think the second week or the first full week showed some of the challenges for us as operators what we have to deal with and it's our job now to reset and readjust and, and make the proper moves, um, for all of that. But it was still like an incredibly beautiful experience. Yeah. And I, I like, I, in, 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 in might be repeating myself, but it's, it's, uh, to go back to like culture and team and like what you've assembled when, when we went from the mighty, that, that first menu of chicken zingers and, and bang bang shrimp and we, we transitioned to the to the bridge menu it was all hands on deck there was mm-hmm. you know every corporate chef in the company all of the, the 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 executive level front of the house folks were on hand and we switched from what they were doing to what we what you know what the bridge menu was going to be in one day mm-hmm. we prepped save like three or four things like three or four long you know projects that take a long time we did everything in one day mm-hmm. we were prepping in the dining room i mean it was it was it was incredible to see and be a part of and then the second time that we did it, it was a little more measured we closed for four days and 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 we had kind of the you know i mean because the walk-in went down and we ended up having to prep on property it was it was a little different, but you know it was still like the same. Like you felt the full force of this company behind you and supporting behind me and supporting me and and and, and the crew. It was just it was incredible. Like anything we needed, there was just folks at our disposal to help make it happen. And like, uh, I mean, from the trainings to the to the to the prep, it was just it was amazing. I mean, we we you put together three dishes. The menu wasn't even complete, and the day before we opened, we put together three dishes. And I mean, I remember putting up the fish dish in the dining room at Ariette and just being like, holy fucking shit, is this real life? Yeah. Like, we're demoing food in a Michelin-starred restaurant Yeah, for this bar, for this fucking tavern that we're... And I mean, not to say, not to take away from it, but I mean, shit, man, like... <laughs> like, you know, like, you, <laughs> we don't have the plates that we're, we're going to be using at the Gibson Room, so we're using the plates that y'all use at Ariette. Yeah, the first foie was played in a jail coquette, and I was like, we're not going to use this plate there. <laughs> this is an $85 plate. We're not going to use this one over there, but we'll use one of these thrifters that I got. But then to take it a nice. step further and say, like, look, man, so like, so like we're doing that, and, and, like, it's not lost on me that, I, that this is what's happening, right? But, like, then it's, like, cool, so... Andrew tastes it. Manny tastes it. Like like the staff that earned a Michelin star is tasting this food and giving their feedback in the fucking dining room of Ariette. Like this is the night before we're about to reopen. Like, like that was just such an incredible circumstance to find myself in. And it was just so overwhelming to be like, and furthermore, like 
to have those people be like, this is fucking delicious. Like, y'all are crushing this. Like, that was just like, I mean, like, like if, if, if they're cool with it, then I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's definitely, like, strength in numbers, right? Yeah. And there's a big reason. I do uh, a lot of times when we test food, we'll do it kind of like that, which is uh, in the dining room at the end of the night. Um, put it up. Everyone tastes it. What do you think? Because uh, it's, you know, creation through collaboration. You know, and I very much believe in everyone's skill set, and I think everyone in, in this building is incredibly strong, um, and I value and respect their opinion a ton. So if we miss the mark on something, then we miss the mark on something, and then we have to redraw. Sure. You know, and that's cool. I'm okay with that. Part of the process. But it's also like believing in your team, mm-hmm. uh, wh- whichever team you assemble. Mm-hmm. Believe in all of them. And, you know, that whole – creation through collaboration thing is is so big for me because without that I don't think we'd be where we're at no you know because uh, they all know that I respect their opinion and sometimes I'll be like well I, I still like it Jesus Mary and Joseph 11 apparently I think <laughs> I hit a rough morning huh? I think I hit snooze yeah you know <laughs> I think we're snoozing you know so I, I like so it's it's interesting to hear you say that because like uh Throughout the years, right? Like, I hear about. Okay, I need some. <laughs> All right, little mama. Yeah, but um, server hasn't been back. I, I, I'm pretty sure. That, All right, little mama is going to also become one of our sound effects that we use. I love. Careful. Just Careful. look. Just looking for some royalties on the back end. Yeah. yeah just, just hit me with a little sprinkle. Shot. I mean, if you're looking for royalties on yeah. a punk on podcast, Listen, we're in trouble. Na- bitch, na- bitch, I've heard those fucking ads. Okay, the cigars. The you know what I mean. Like, I, I know you're getting ad money. Just, yeah. just give me a little. Little piece. Little probably, piece. I'll probably be spending all the ad money at the Gibson room. Yeah. Pretty soon. So. I like that. That's good. I follow it always back. Always hey, listen, just back. just make sure you let them know that, that you're there so we can mm-hmm. you know send you out a little snack, a little pate, a little something. But uh yeah, throughout the years I remember hearing, you know, just different stories about new cooks, new chefs, new dishes or whatever, and like the doubts that you would have or the, the questions that you would have uh, when new things would come up. But then inevitably it was, it was sort of met with like, you know, either this is great and it, it we're going to run it or like we need to. Okay. I'm real, I'm, apparently I'm real bad at this cell phone. That thing. was, that was me tagging <laughs> you both in a, in a post. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's, it was the type of thing where like, even if something has to go back to the drawing board, even if something needs to be like revisited or, or reworked, um, it comes from it comes from a place of like wanting greatness and, and not accepting anything less. But it also, I feel like you 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 do those things in a way that facilitates growth. And instead of like, you know, sort of just being like, "This sucks, do it again." It's sort of like, "Okay, this wasn't what we wanted. How can we make it what we want?" And so to watch that process throughout the years and then now to take this job and work for the company and to see how things actually happen from the inside, it's just, it's impressive, man. It's, uh, it's cool to be a part of. And I, I just, it, it makes a lot of sense. Like it makes a lot of sense to see like having, having eaten at Ariette, you know, five or six years ago, like when it was baby, I mean, it was the shaved vegetable Caesar with the short rib 
there was the the foie dish with the smoked plantains and temptation that caramel. Still I mean, As a kid listen, say, hot pressure in the city. Yeah, to quote Uncle Mills. Um, but from that to Versos, like, and to see the 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 evolution is just it's uh, it's incredible, and it's just so dope to be a part of it. Let me ask you, so like your first uh, like executive chef job at a place like this. <laughs> Any place ever, yeah. <laughs> Mike, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to lean in back to where you were before. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> it's been a long couple of weeks. <laughs> um, uh, what are some things that stood out to you that maybe you would would not have thought were part of the gig? Maybe mm. things that have struck you as like. Well, I didn't totally expect this or, Shit. you know, some things that just kind of like stand out in your brain as you try to go to sleep every night <laughs> and you're like, fuck. Emphasis on try. Right? Yeah. Um, well, I know. You can't yeah. tell me. I know. So like, now I sleep. Yeah. It took me years to be able to get to this point <laughs> that I could just be like, all right, I'm going to bed. It's, I'll worry about this shit in the morning. Usually if it's, if it's effortless, it's, uh, it's because I'm that exhausted. Yeah. Reefer helps too, but that's a different story. Um, yeah, so I think uh, one thing that's really that I that I wasn't prepared for that absolutely happens and is never going to stop happening as long as I'm fulfilling this role uh, is just the inability to work on un- uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. Like you oh. do not like there is there is there's it's like it's overwhelming sometimes where like I have so many fucking things to do and like so many moving parts to like pay attention to and be responsible for and throughout the day there is an endless stream of questions well uh, chef um, uh, <laughs> chef do you know where the mushrooms are and the, the the king trumpet this is one of my favorite have statements you looked, of all time have you looked in the fucking walk-in there's a fish box there's a piece of blue tape on that fish box. <laughs> on that blue tape, it says trumpet mushrooms. Yeah, I'm not laughing at you. No, no, I, you. you should. I mean, I, listen, we should all be laughing at this. But, like, it's, like, that kind of shit where, like, and, like, the thing that helps me with that is that, like, because I, this is my first exec chef job. And because, like, for the most part, my career has been full of line cook jobs. I was that guy. Like yeah. I, I was very, very much that guy who was like, um, so like Listen. I don't see the cabbage in the walk-in. There's a fucking bus tub full of it. Listen, I remember. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I remember. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, tighten up the court jungle. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I remember. I that's also one of my favorite things that people don't anticipate for the job is like the endless stream of questions before after during and it's not just your cooks huh it's not just your cooks no it's fucking everybody it's everybody hey From- oh chef chris you know uh you've seen the box of limes <laughs> chris you want another cocktail i would love one yeah. thanks thanks brother um yeah like did we order citrus last night <laughs> because i have the juice today <laughs> that's not but it's more than turn there it is. Yeah, you got to hit the vape. Chef, you order the citrus. <laughs> good chat. Good chat, good chat. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Green's not here yet? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Do we have an ETN, Mr. Green's? Uh, mint. 
Mint. Uh, you know where the mint is? <laughs> a restaurant. But, that- but, but also, but also, then like you know, fucking the chief operating officer is saying like, are there any menu, menu changes today, chef? Mm-hmm. And like you know, at that point, I'm making chicken liver mousse. I'm explaining to Nick how to do something. Elijah just showed up, and I'm like, hey, I need you to pick herbs. And like, are there menu changes? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, yes, there are. Am I prepared to give them to you? Absolutely not. Okay. But yeah, that um I would also say like uh just as far as like things that I didn't expect, uh like how fulfilling it is, man. Like like how 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 fucking like like the opportunity to run a kitchen and to teach Specifically, Nick and Elijah, and even ah. to a certain extent, um, Uncle, ah. for editing purposes, Uncle, ah. um, things that 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 I got to learn as a line cook when we worked together before this, right? Like, I mean, shit. Even today, like, man, Brian Shore, Chef Brian Shore, who is a gem of a human being, I got to teach him how to make pasta dough that I learned how to make at the Cypress Room that our old boss learned how to make from fucking Mark Vetri. Yeah. And Nick, Elijah, Brian, ah. none of the four of them know who, who Mark Vetri is. Yeah. And like, that blows my mind, but I'm also 39 years old and I, I'm, I've been doing this for a while and there was a point where I didn't know who Mark Vetri was. But the pasta dough recipe that we use is a direct lineage from Mark Vetri to our old boss to the kids who work with us now. Mm-hmm. And so I got to teach Brian that today. And then I got to teach him how to make annulotti the way that I was taught how to make annulotti. And like that, I didn't anticipate how like fulfilling and how like just how good that would make me feel. You know, like. And it's it's a weird thing too because like I want to make all of the pasta, mm-hmm. like I don't want anyone else to do it. I want to do it because it's like the best form of therapy I've come in contact with. Like, you know, whatever it 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 it, it helps me not be such a lunatic. But but I got to teach that to Brian today, and it's it's like it's that's just such an incredible opportunity, such a beautiful fucking thing. Like I like I I I get to continue to pass down something that was passed to me. You know, and like I, I love when uh, I ate at Vetri not so long ago, pretty recently, and uh, Schwartz actually got me the reservation. And uh, you know, Vetri j- just like you know, he's an older guy, comes out of the kitchen, dirty raggle over his shoulder, sits down next to me, and I'm like, I'm not like a starstruck human ever, but it's it was kind of similar to like when. Um, I served uh, Dario one of my foies, and he was like, it's one of the best foies I've ever had. And then sitting next to Vetri, and I told him that. I was like, you know, I still make your pasta dough that you taught to someone else. <laughs> like, I still I still make it. Like, that's still the pasta dough that I make. It's the only one that I know. And it's like, and he was such a, like, great dude to just, like, shoot the shit with. And, like, the food at Vetri was just so fucking incredible, man. Like, it was so... Simple, but perfect, mm. but not perfect too. Just mm. like 
unapologetically, like deliciously, like rustic and beautiful. And I don't know to like sit there and shoot the shit with him. I was like, you don't know, yeah, how much I know of you, and it's weird. And like, like how, how much, how <laughs> much like your influence, like. This is one of the things that I really love about being a cook is that like it's I don't know I'm a, I'm a I'm a huge fan and a huge believer in like trade you know like having a trade like having a craft cuz like there's there's always the conversation of like you know food as art and like that book culinary artistry where they're like, you know, like there's a journeyman, journeyman and like, uh, and, and there's like the craftsman and there's artists and whatever. And sure, like at a certain point, like you talk about like Alinea, Ferran Adria, like whatever, like the, 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 the upper echelon of like where food meets art. And like those things are all fucking cool. Like it's, it's a beautiful thing when that, that happens. But like there's something to be said for the idea that like this is a trade. Like this is a trade in a similar way. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Uh, in a similar way that someone fixes a fucking air conditioner. Mm-hmm. In a similar way that like flame tech shows up and fixes our fucking, our, 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 our stoves, our, our ovens, right? Like it's a trade, it's a craft. And like you can just get by or you can really give a shit and invest. And like there's value in that. Like there's like you might not, you know, like a lot of people make annulodi. This isn't something that like we have invented absolutely not <laughs> but i pursue making it the best that i can right and like it, it's important to me that that even if we're not reinventing something and we're not like changing the landscape that we pay homage to and we do justice to the folks that came before us and that laid this foundation well i mean look at the look at the <laughs> <laughs> Where's R J D two? Did you already excuse me? Oh, I'm sorry, R two D two. R J D two is a DJ. We'll call, we'll call him R J D two from now on. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. R J D two uh, had to be out of here by eleven. So wow, school night. Um, hey, look, he, he's running he's, late. He's, he's he's not getting paid enough to stick around longer or at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. But, like, it's interesting you mentioned, like, paying homage and reinventing, right? Like, so our annulotti dish is a reinvention of, I would say, the dish that we fell in love together over. Well, also the first fucking pasta I ever learned how to make. Yeah. Like, I, like, like I, working at the Cypress Room, working for Roel, it was, I remember, I remembered vividly seeing in person, but also seeing on his Instagram, like, I remember seeing him post pictures of Annulotti and being like back, uh, like up to my old tricks or something like that like there was, that was the caption something of like you know like I'm, I'm doing this again and I remember seeing it and at the time when I got hired the line was full there was no space for me to work service on the line I got like my job was to work in the back on the dessert station pastry station and prep so like I'm prepping during service, but then when desserts come in, I have to plate them, which was like a fucking monumental responsibility because Hetty Goldsmith, right. like these are Hetty Goldsmith desserts, and like I know who the fuck she is, right. and I'm 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 petrified that I'm gonna fuck them up. That then leads to me making pasta. Roel 
<laughs> dubbing me the Nona because like, you know, I'm good at making pasta because I'm built like an Italian grandmother. Yeah. Which is still true. And yeah. in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but I remember that, that, that was a heavy moment because like I, I, you know, someone tasked me with the responsibility of like handmade pasta in a fine dining restaurant. And like, you can't fuck this up. It can't not be good. Like you can't. Well, that was the, the most simple pickup we had. That was also the most complex there. And like to do this nine years later, however many years later and like, to pay homage to that, but then improve on it, mm -hmm. right? And, like, for that to be one of the first pastas we make at this restaurant is just, like, it's a it's a big deal, man. Like, it's Well, I mean, I, I do feel like every menu has, like, backbone dishes. You know, I think that that can be one. We'll just tell the kids who the what the dish is. So, um, <laughs> the, uh, the original dish that we did at the Cypress Room was classic bolognese stuffed in annulotti just with, like, sauce bambino, right? which sauce bambino is just like a butter sauce that's finished with Parmesan. Mm -hmm. And here we took that same ideology, just like did it a little funkier. So we did a venison bolognese, um, stuffed the annulotti with venison bolognese, made a mushroom stock with dried mushrooms, mm -hmm. and uh, just pan-seared some trumpet royales, mm -hmm. and then finished it with Parmesan in the broth, and then shards of Parmesan on top. Wait. And it's, you know, like, I think one of the days I'm often frustrated. Like, that I'm, I'm often and easily frustrated with, like, uh, bad food. And uh, before we closed, I had made it a point to, like, go several times to eat, to order the things that we put on the menu that people weren't ordering a lot of. Mm. So, like, sardines, annulotti, you know, the shit that... The people that wanted bang bang shrimp probably weren't going to order. So, you know, Nick Bakshi, which is uh, your sous chef, makes me an annulotti, and it was one of the better pastas that I've ever had. And it was like, fuck, man. And it was like I didn't, I didn't even really want it, you know. But I was sitting with Chef Manny, Chef Ashley, Brittany was in the room also, and I really just wanted everyone to try it because I wanted everyone, uh, everyone's feedback because we had done that dish not on property we did it over there and I mean the consensus was like fuck man that's fucking delicious mm. and that to me is enough mm. like yeah I mean could it be plated tighter could you know like could you nitpick things but like when you say fuck that's fucking delicious like yeah. we nailed it yeah there's two things about that scenario you just described one of them <coughs> is Nick Bekshi who was my manager at El Bagel and has zero line cook experience prior to this. Spent four days on the line at Ariette staging before we took over the Mighty and eventually the Gibson room, right? Like, that kid is so green but wants it bad enough that he's willing to put in the work to get there. And so when you text me that day, like, this is one of the best pasta dishes I've ever had. And I was off. Yeah, you were off. Like, I didn't work that day, and Nick executed it. Like, that was, to go back to what we were talking about before, right? Like, things that I didn't expect that, like, I've, like, you know, kind of hit 
different now that I'm the boss or whatever. Like, it's not that. or whatever. You are the boss. Sure, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, just saying I'm, it's not I'm, or whatever. You <laughs> are the boss there. It's whatever, dog. Okay, that's a callback. All right, that's a callback. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall on Bunkle anyone. Podcast. Uh, anyone remember that episode? It's whatever, dog. No. Anyway, so uh, but yeah, like to not be there to have trained him well enough to execute it properly and not just like it's adequate. This is one of the best pasta dishes that you've ever had. Like that, that's a big fucking deal. Like that shit fucking that, like that really, it fucked me up. The other thing, the other thing that was similar to that was when, uh, I don't know if she texted me or she texted you, but Brit, when Brit had it and said veteran status, like her response was, those words, veteran status, like that's a like that was that well, was heavy because like like the perspective that the two of you have, right? Like, it's not it's not like you don't know what good food is. We both right? died in the veteran, right? Yeah, <laughs> you both help make Ariette what the fuck it is, right? So like, for the two of you to fucking weigh in on that from both like a chef perspective and then director of operations, CEO, like more front of the house focused perspective, like was just incredibly heavy. But furthermore, Nick Bekshi, who coined the phrase, everything is the duck to deliver on that. Right. And like, there's a ton of areas where he could do better and, and where like, there's, there's that. Right. But like, to execute, like I don't know, it's just it was just such a huge thing. It was so important, and like it just meant a lot, you know. I mean, that's why I'm saying I think through time, every menu discovers its backbone dishes. I think that that place, even very early, has discovered a couple backbone dishes because it's complex. But like we nail down process, we could have that dish forever. One hundred percent. You know, and we probably should. Probably should. And the same thing goes for like the grilled oysters there, the charcuterie program there. I mean, and the tamal dish there. You know, like. I had that tonight. Holy shit. Yeah, she's a good time, huh? Like, I've made it a bunch. I've tasted tamal. I know what pho tastes like. To have everything together, though, like, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. It's really good. You know, uh, just going back to what you're talking about, Nick, I, I think this is like a really interesting conversation that people don't talk about enough and I think that like this is where leadership really is the most important thing to talk about which is they like young kids can have the want to do it and there's things that they're going to struggle with and you have to let them struggle some but don't drown Mm. when you're at that point of like you're struggling too much watch how it's supposed to be done Mm. we did that a few times last week right like Okay, this is cute. Everyone move. Mm. Okay, and this is how you're supposed to do this. This is what communication looks like. This is what picking up several pasta dishes and entrees on this kind of line, what it really means. And what I mean by this kind of line is one that's really fucking small, Mm -hmm. right? And you need to be creative and you need to be a line cook. Yep. And, like, that only comes with time. Yep. And I think that, like, those frustrations really are – more so like I know a kid like that and a kid like Elijah have it in them Mm -hmm. to find their way out of it, but they need to see how it's supposed to be done. hundred percent. And they just, they never have. So it's okay to be like, okay, 
Now just move. Mm-hmm. Now just watch. Like that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's <laughs> not exactly how that happened, but you know what I mean? Like that, that was the sentiment, yeah. right? Which is just, okay, get out of the way. Uh, if you could please um, yeah. step off of the line. If you could and, please uh, just 86 yourself from my presence at this very moment <laughs> and just watch how this is supposed to happen, you know, and see like – but, you know, like that night was a really good example, right? Like Saturday night is more of like a slow trickle of a good night business-wise. Um, so you didn't have to be on the line. But it's not the push that Friday is or Thursday. Like, like where right. you just. Right. But you didn't you didn't have to be on the line the majority of that night. No. Right. Which is good. It shows progress of, of, of people, which is great. But the fact that the reason why we're there is to guide them through the hardships of mm-hmm. like. This is what, like, 15 years of doing this, like, every day, day in and day out, get you to understand, like, it's going to be tough, but there's a way out. Yeah. You just need to be – it's all, like, muscle memory. It's all, like, fast. It's all there. It's all in front of you. You just need to, like, find your way through it. And if you haven't spent the years developing that muscle memory, then you don't have it. And, like, it's our job to coach you, right? Like, it's our job – to uh, okay, okay, okay. What is that? Don't don't worry about it. You the bear? Nah, don't worry about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, like it, it's. I haven't average. watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> yeah. But I, I heard there's a term out there called apron chasers. That's I haven't watched it yet. I just heard. I just heard. <laughs> all right, all right. Go on. Tell me more. So without like. Having got those reps in and developing that muscle memory, there is only who's coaching you. Right. Right? Because you don't have the requisite knowledge. You don't have, like, you don't know that in the order of operations, the schnitzel, the, the, the schnitzel should go down first, then you work the ramen, then you work the fresh pastas, et cetera, et cetera. And for me to expect that you should know that without having the reps in is a failure on my part. And so it's my job to coach. It's my job to like direct traffic. So weird, right? So weird. Super weird. So weird, right? But what a feeling from there. Like, you know what you do with that is like, is the thing. Mm -hmm. Cause like you might not have the reps and you might not have the muscle memory, but like when I give you that information, like, it's your fucking job to make it happen. Right. And, like, it's, I was talking about it earlier tonight with somebody else where, like, it's a weird thing. And we were talking about it last night with Ash at the bar. Like, we're like, excuse me, Chef Ash. But, like, it, it's such a weird environment and a unique environment to work in because guests sit down, they order food, and the fucking timer starts. As like you hear the ticket printer go off and there is a fucking timer. There is a, a finite amount of time for you to execute something to an, to a level of excellence, to a standard that like we will not compromise over. And you have to do it in this time frame. And when it doesn't happen in this time frame, it's a fucking problem. Like it's a problem. And so there's this weird thing of like, I want I want to facilitate an environment where like all right it's cool man like you'll be all right like don't worry about it. But like, let me ask you a question. You're a young cook. 
And then there's this other thing where it's like, where the fuck is this fucking tamal dish? Right. Why the fuck is it taking so long? That's the there's the Viking. That's and so it. okay. So like, we found them. And it, and it, and, it, and it gets intense, right? And and it's, and it's like I wish that it could all just be like this friendly, like, oh come on, can I get the tamal? Like, it'd be great. Like let me get the tamal. But the reality is, like, I have this much time, and there's all these tickets. But once I've done that thing of, of that, that, that Viking thing of, like, where the fuck is this thing? Then there's a, like, post-service, like, these are my fucking family. This is my friend. Like, like whatever happened in that moment of, like, where the fuck is this and what the fuck is wrong with you is immediately gone. Can I it's tell you, gone. Can I tell you what, what creates? And obviously, like, yes, when the, the printer goes off, there's you're on a you're on a timer. But just to dig a little bit deeper of like why that feeling happens, obviously we have specs and like the way it's supposed to work and so on and so forth. But why it happens, I think now you feel more so than ever. And, and I think those kids will feel it too is, you know, like you got, you, you put in so much work to get dressed for the party. Now mm. it's time to go. That's right. Like you put in so much work beforehand. You just, you, you, you like absolutely crushed yourself to get ready for this moment. Damn, here's, dog. here's the moment. Yeah. The moment has now been presented to you. What now? Now we're going to fuck it up? No, man. We can't fuck it up. Now we've done all this work, all this planning, all this time, not just of you, but of everyone around you, yeah. of everyone that cares so much, not just about you. But the food you're putting on the no, plate. Carlos in the fucking alley with the goddamn pressure washer. Right. Like every single fucking component. Car- yeah, Carlos is the guy who cleans for us. Carlos is a, a gem of a human. Um, but all that work leads up to that dish. Mm. And every and it happens over and over and over again. And like, you know, I live that moment so like so often, so many times in so many different rooms too. Mm. And it's it's different for every single room and every single person that I have to deal with. But the the truth is still the truth. There's so much work that's happened previously to this that people don't really see. And they could very well see it. In your case, they see it, Mm. right? Which is what leads a very good shepherd, which is who you are, to become a Viking. Which is like that moment of like, we did all this. Now, 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 now we're going to fuck this up? No, Mm. man. Yeah. No, we're not going to fuck it up now. No. I'm not going to let you get away with fucking this up now. I'll be goddamned. Which is which is the very tough part and what people will never understand. Yes, I think we have a very nurturing environment, right? But at that moment, at in in that fight, we're going to win that fight. Mm-hmm. We're going to win that fight, and I'm, I got your back, and I'm going to fight it for you, but after, you're going to hear about it. 100%. Like, I took that punch for you in the chin, yep. but we're going to talk about it after mm-hmm. because you need to be ready. You know, and it, and I think that that's like what people don't totally understand about a kitchen like yours. Mm-hmm. A kitchen like yours is small. It's tiny. It's tight. It's personal. It could be incredibly romantic. It could be incredibly real, but everyone has touched or can touch every piece of it, right? So everyone should feel every dish that's put up in the window, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, tonight, which was your first half day off in 21 days. I, <laughs> I, you know, I lovingly ushered one of the cooks outside and I said, listen, you're dragging ass. You want to go home? You let me know. You want to go home? It's okay if you want to go home. If you're dragging ass, I'm okay. I can, I can go and I could do the job that you're doing. I could do it better. Trust me. I could promise you that. Just 
if you want to drag ass, it's all right, just not here. Right. And it was like, it, because that person, right, as good of a person that that is, and I, I, I believe that person have a very high ceiling, that person doesn't quite touch everything the way that you do. So the way that you coach that person, the way that you lead that person needs to be different than the way you lead someone like Nick. Right. Because, like, the way that you need, lead someone like Nick that does and can touch everything and mm. sees everything is very different. Mm. It's much more personal. Yeah. It's not just, like, you're dragging ass. No. It's, like, what's wrong? Yeah. Are you okay? Do you need a hug? Right. We can hug it the <laughs> fuck out right now. We can hug it right now. Pre-dropping the flaw or while it's on the flat out, we can hug it out. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You know? But it, it's – it's. I would say, like, uh, along with answering – the plethora of questions that you will continue to get every day, mm. right? Yep. That you will continue to get every day. Part of the thing is, you know, uh, the different ways to lead people through this journey because they're all on a different one. Yeah, and I, I feel like there's there's, I feel like Nick and Elijah are good examples where like it's not it's not the same approach with both of them. Like I want the same results out of both of those kids but they're different people. And so like the, the approach and the tact has to be sort of tailored to them, which brings me to something I, I wanted to talk about, which is everything is the duck. Okay. So can I order another round before everything is the duck? Okay. Yeah. Are we going to, is it, so is it, is it, yeah, it's break time. You can go take a piss. I love that. Cause yeah, I have to you can go take a piss. How'd you know? Because I know. <laughs> Welcome back to Punk Home Podcast. Mm. We're here talking to Chris Hughesby of the Gibson Room. Don Cristobal, please. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Put, put some respect on my name. <laughs> put some respect th- on my name. I think the, the last thing I was talking about was uh, everything is a duck. Right. I heard the statement. So, I've got this tattooed... On my right leg, just above my knee. And it was something that uh, Chef Nick Bekshi. Chill out. That's a hey. That's a hey. 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 Hey, I went to the kids' room. I loved it. Lol. But so early on, Nick Bekshi, who probably takes on more responsibility than he should have, you know. Uh, experience wise and like you know skill set okay everyone just relax we can put it on silent you're trying to make a, I'm trying to make a show out of this I thought I did come and here, then come here, you see what happened was everyone just calm down what are you you're like pulling things it's a whole thing it's on silent now All go right, on everyone relax go ahead so so <laughs> it's early on I think I'm not sure if it's still like the chicken zingers um bang bang shrimp era but it's like either like during that era or just after man those and like, chicken singers were bad yeah man they were fucking bad so like let's talk about frying chicken I'm like you have choices right like you could you could you could do thighs delicious do legs yeah or you could do breasts right mm-hmm you yes. chose breasts? Serve a little nugget. You, you chose breasts. You, little, chose, you chose chicken breasts to fry? Little, little dark nuggets. Anyways, hold on. We'll go. Hold on. So you chose chicken breasts. Right. Okay, anyway. Um, so we're working a lot of hours. 
He's spread very thin. He's like exhausted. He spent four days on the line at Ariette. He got to work with Kevin, Alessandro, Leslie, like like the entire crew. He, he like, and this is prior to winning a Michelin star. So like, the effort is there. I feel like everyone knows that like they're on the map, but it hasn't happened yet, right? And he gets the opportunity. He gets the privilege to work on this line for four days. I, at the same time, was in the basement in the in the commissary kitchen with with Manny, Chef Manny, and 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 a handful of other folks, learning how to make you know duck and foie pate and so many other things, and and just seeing how things work at a Michelin level, right? And so Nick, Nick, one night we we I'm dropping him off at home, and we've had a few drinks and. We're carrying on in the driveway of his his house, and he he says everything is the duck, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? And his response is, you know, it's just there's so many things that go into making the duck happen, and if you treat everything like the duck, then you'll be okay. And this kid is tw- at the time 22 fucking years old. He's 22 at 22. You give me a modicum of responsibility at 22 years old and I would have fucked it up. I promise you I would have fucking ruined it. No doubt. And this kid is telling me that everything is the duck. And so I I, I ask him to elaborate and, and essentially what it boils down to is my man who breaks the duck down. Yemi. Yemi. When I'm in the prep kitchen, Yemi, I learned that Yemi gets off of a landscaping job to come work in a prep kitchen. And this man is breaking down every duck that eventually becomes the duck press, right? The duck press, which is like a cornerstone of your restaurant, a cornerstone of the, of the, of the Michelin star. So this man clocks out of mowing lawns, weed eating, etc., to come into this basement kitchen to then break down cases of duck. I mean, multiple cases. Like, I don't know how many ducks come in a case but while I'm making pate he's breaking down duck after duck after duck and it's fucking methodical it's it's beautiful to watch this man break down a duck is beautiful like it's fucking beautiful because it's just it's precision right and it's 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 reps and it's it's someone who knows what the fuck they're doing so there's that and if he doesn't do his job correctly then you're fucked then there's Chef John and Chef Manny, who are coordinating the refrigerators and the dry aging and everything else, right? And this is all a very involved process. And I'm sure Chef John could explain the science behind it. Yeah, scientists. I, on the other hand, sarcastic. Yeah. I, on the other hand, am not that. But, but so you have Yemi breaking down the duck. You have Chef John and Chef Manny making sure the duck dry aged. Well, I'm sorry. You have Chef Manny. Yemi and John making sure that the ducks are brined, right? Brined first, then dry aged properly. And in that dry aging, like it's a, it's however many days it is. And if that gets fucked up, you don't have duck. Then after it's dry aged properly, it's scored, it's cooked properly by the line cooks. And these are, you know, it's not necessarily a chef or, 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 or someone who's leading the kitchen. Anyone who's on that line, 
who's working that station would have to cook that duck. Then you have to have a manager or a food runner or a front of the house person execute table side a sauce that with if that's not done correctly then the dish isn't right things have to be coordinated to a level that's just like it, it requires everyone from the prep cook who clocked out of mowing someone's lawn to break down ducks all the way up to the executive chef all the way up to the front of the house manager all the way up to everyone involved everybody has to put a fucking hand on this thing to make sure that the guest has this one experience with what two duck breasts yeah two duck breasts a table side sauce like there's so many moving parts and there's so many things that have to line up perfectly to get to this one moment where you're sitting at a table at Ariette and the duck is cooked perfectly the sauce is made table side and then you have this sublime experience where so many people put so much effort into this one moment that if you treat everything like that duck, you'll be okay. And 22-year-old Nick Bekshi made that observation. And we're sitting in front of his house after like a brutal fucking 14 or 16-hour day of fucking chicken zingers and who fucking knows what else. And that kid says to me, everything is the duck. Like that fucked me up. Like that was like, Like, I mean, that's it, right? Like, it could be french fries. It could be fucking tortilla chips. Treat it like it's the duck. You'll be all right. Well, I mean, what did Keller always say, right? Keller always said it's not the end result. It's always the process that you should enjoy. Right? And it's like, with great food, it's really more about the process than it is the end result. Because there's a process that leads you to this place that hopefully is incredibly special but from that moment cooking chicken zingers to now making you know pan roasted foie with tamal and (laughs) dried fruit mojo and uh you know several charcuterie platters and a really extensive snack program with uh truffle and chicken croquetas and house-made mango chutney and all these things I mean, that's that statement and that sentiment, it reigns true in so many ways. Yeah. You know, and like so many ways, because oftentimes the guest doesn't understand quite how much it, it took to, to get this on a plate, right? And that's why I value the front of the house so much, because my hope is always that they're going to be able to articulate that to the guest, right? Fuck Yes. And sometimes the guest doesn't care. And that's okay. That's fine. Uh, And sometimes they do care. And the ones that do care, I think that we provide a special experience and a special moment for them that we shared our craft and how much we care about our craft with them to have a special experience on any given night. Mm. Whether it's at the Gibson or it's at Ariette or anywhere, Mm. it doesn't fucking matter. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it's one of those things that we... I think as a company, we, we very much like adopt this whole ideology of like, you know, respect the process all the way through and try to make sure that it's special all the way through. It's interesting that Nick made that, like that he surmised that so quickly, you know, um, 
he's a cerebral kid. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what like where it lands. And I think sometimes the cerebral nature of like how he is often like stops him. You know, it, it can definitely be to his detriment. But like, I, 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 like if that's like if that's your foundation, if that's where you're starting from, you'll be all right. Like, it, and as long as that cerebral perspective matches with the work ethic, mm-hmm. you'd be okay. So, what are we like? Um, Fourteen days? No, twelve days in. It was the 14th, right? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'm not sure. What is today? Today's 27th? 27. The uh, research department <laughs> says that today is July 28th. Well, it's only because it's after midnight, Nick. No. So it's actually the 27th, Nick. God. All right. Come on. I mean, just go ahead and split hairs. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. That's fine. Okay. Listen, everything is the duck. All right. Okay? It's true. It's don't true. don't fucking half-ass the dates. You know? It's true. It's true. You're right. It's been you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Precision here. You know. After, I mean, I guess. Yeah, just get it all in, girl. <laughs> you really want that cherry? <laughs> really got to get that cherry. <laughs> Hello. We're gonna Hello. we're gonna clip that for sure. Nah, nah. I think you should keep that in. Um, no, no, yeah. We're, I mean, we're gonna make it a clip. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be its own. Yeah, oh, a, a clip. Uh, okay. oh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so fourteen days in. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, I know you're feeling pretty tired, but what do you envision for like? If I were to tell you, where do you think the menu is going to be in six months from now? What do you think? First of all, fuck I, you. I know a good answer, but I just want you. I want you know, one first answer. of all, fuck you. <laughs> that's 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 first of all. Um, it, it's hard for me to even say because, like, I um, so much of my focus is on like the daily operations, like the 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 like the like settling into being an executive chef, which is like I, like I'm I'm I'm, I'm I feel like I'm 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 becoming accustomed to the role, but I'm also like. It's weird. Like I have a like imposter syndrome is a real thing, and like I feel like I like it's a, it's like it's weird to accept that someone trusts me enough, and that like someone like you, like someone who like aside from us being friends, like we've been friends for ten years, and like that's great, but like this is a business. Like this is this is how you feed yourself. This is like this is how like over 150 people feed their families right and like you gave me the opportunity to be a part of that on a level that's like important you know like and so like trying to settle into that role and like and like understand how to do that well kind of put food like in the back seat for me right like and like not to say that I don't care I'm not concerned about it but like I'm more concerned with the operations I'm more concerned with Nick and Elijah and the other line cooks and 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 everything going like like getting into a rhythm where like we can produce things to the standard that we expect of ourselves is 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 way more important than whatever I think about a menu whatever I think about dishes I know that will come you know um but like man my focus is just like Let's not fuck it up. 
And so as such, That's I would a say good focus. <laughs> <laughs> as such, I would say that like um, that I I the way I see the menu in the next six months is um, <coughs> more of the same, like more of like whatever the fuck we want to do. And if it's delicious, it works. And if it, if it's not, it doesn't. And, um, I want to make more pasta. I, I, I want to make more charcuterie. Um, beyond that, like, I know that like what we do is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think there's like a. We execute proper tasting things. I'll put yeah. it that way. Yeah, and I mean, it's to me, it's less about, um, you know, like a, a theme, and more about like, like you said it the other day. Is it delicious? Oh yeah. Is it delicious? Like, like is this something that you're excited about? Like that that, that is delicious. Cool. From there, you know, we can build, we can whatever, but like. It's one of my one of the things I feel incredibly privileged to be in this position where like it's not pigeonholed into this is Italian food, this is right. It's this is whatever the fuck we want to do. So much fun. I can tell you I have plans. So <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean it's a it's this a motherfucker though. I'm just saying, I it's it's a good it's a good um it's a good question to ask on both sides, right? Because like for me, I very much understand where you're at, right? And I appreciate it. And I, man, I fucking know it so hard. Oof, God bless. I, I, you know, there's questions that I ask you. They're like, of course I fucking did that. And then there's other questions that I ask you. are like, well... <laughs> Can I just tell you that that well, well, yeah. well, well, that's definitely been a theme. If you the fucking last, know, you know, for the I last mean, 28 days, but, it, but that's, but that's totally fine though. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's totally fine. I think, you know, that's essentially why the strength of the whole company is at your disposal because it's okay to not know. Right. Like I knew like doubling down on a person that I believed in their ability and like who they were was is and will always be much more important than someone that knows how to push paper right and uh, like we we as a company we know how to push paper right like we're 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 built we get it um, but the other stuff the the personal stuff the the leadership stuff those things can't be trained right so I, I I get that stuff. Mm. The other things of like how how to run a day to day kitchen to benefit you, mm. right? Like to like help yourself the fuck out, right? Like those things, it's not often trained, right? Mm. Like those things you need to you need to tell people how it works, you know, and that's okay. Like I'm super game for that. Like that's what I do every single day. And I think that there's so many ways that we're going to make our life easier. But also on the flip side of that, what excites me the most, and I think that um, it's funny, I think Brittany may have mentioned this in the last like month, which is like, you know, like Chef Mike is so happy when he's here. 
Mm. Because I see the like endless stream of opportunity with what we can achieve there. And what I mean by that is like, we could just have like a really good fucking time. Yeah. You know, like we can have a really good fucking time with food and that's so rare. Mm. It's so like, it's not, everyone is pigeonholed into a theme. Mm-hmm. Thematically, like you are a thing. Mm-hmm. You are an Italian restaurant. You're a hoagie shop. You are wh- whatever the fuck. Bitch, we got ramen. Yeah, and we have strozzbredi, and That's we right. have foie with tamal, and we have croquettes, and a crudo, and we have a crudo, a pressure crudo. Yeah, yeah. And all the only uh, Andrew McCutcheon, which is the GM of Ariette, he put it perfectly. He's like, the only prerequisite for things to be on this menu is if they're delicious. And I love that. What's the newest dish that I've been pushing that everyone's absolutely just not super about right now, but other than me, and I'm super about it? What's the dish? It'll like this will not be out by the time we, we don't be rude. This. I'm just saying, what is the dish? Answer the question, goddammit. All right, that's fine. So we're working on uh making Gibson nuggets. Oh see, but this is what you gotta give me a little heads up here. I'm just saying, Gibson Gibson nuggets, which are gonna be uh with an eel farce that have encapsulated um smoked head cheese served with what I believe we have cracked the code. Crack the code at McDonald's barbecue sauce. Fresh. I think we have cracked the code, which is an eel sauce barbecue sauce. Can we go ahead and say, Dear Miami? You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I like stuff like that. Also, thank you, Chef Ash. What, what, why? <laughs> why? Because who made the goddamn nuggies yesterday, ho? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yes, she followed the recipes. Yeah, for the, correct, for, correct. For things. Like, this, this isn't like who invented it. I'm just saying like who helped execute it. Well, essentially that dish was actually invented by Dave McMillan and Fred uh, from from Joe Beef. We are, we are just building upon a recipe that they have already invented, which is the addition of head cheese onto a recipe. Which is great. However, yesterday... The day that was yesterday. The day that was yesterday. Chef Ashley definitely put it all together. Mm-hmm. We tried just the eel portion of it, and the eel portion was delicious. And had Chef Ashley not been there yesterday, my day would have been so much more brutal. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's And so, like, shout out Chef Ash, shout out Chef Brian, and all I, of the shit. I, I think that's like a, you know, it. Like those, especially those two people, mm. like those two people want to see you in that place succeed very hard. One of those people, which is Ashley, is going to go on to be the executive chef of Brasserie Laurel. Mm. And Brian Shore is going to go on to be the sous chef of Brasserie Laurel. And they're both going to leave Ariette in the near, near future. So they know like strength in numbers is a huge thing. Yep. You know, and that's why people like that. Um, have been there and Manny also have been incredibly supportive of like all the things that we want to do there. And it's funny, Manny, Chef Manny, like, man, I don't know if me and Manny can be built so incredibly different, right? <laughs> you know, like Chef Manny is like, but so complimentary, yeah. like so different, but so like, but he, he also like when I was uh, in the early stages of like, kind of like putting this menu together for Gibson and stuff. And he's like, you know, um, 
you think <laughs> you do you really think that's a good idea? And I'm like, what do you mean? I think it's a great idea. And he's like, well, he doesn't do the well, but he was like, but you know, like you know, like they got to bang it out. And I'm like, yeah, they could bang it out. I can't whistle, but if I could, they can bang it out. And he was just like, you know, but just think about like this, that, and the other. I'm like, yeah, it's a 25 seat dining room. Mm. It's a 25 seat dining room. 40, but all right. I'm not including the bar. All right. It's a 25-seat dining room. 25. I think that there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think, like, when you look when you look at the menu, like, it, it's, it does, like, the kitchen even itself, um, the dining room kind of, like, reminds me a lot of the time at Cyprus, which was tight quarters, uncomfortable quarters um, of trying to put together, like, lots of things from scratch, everything in-house, kind of like ideology but just throwing away prep every day yeah well yeah that was a crazy time for sure throwing away prep every day how many um, fish would be there for two days I'd yeah fucking I'd sometimes home sometimes less sometimes less than two days yeah cyprus was a crazy time but i think that this room itself lends itself to doing some really special food in a part of the city that hasn't really had much of that amen and um for all the people that think that we may be nuts, I would say, you know, just come see me in a year from now and see how it's doing in a year from now. And I think we're going to be just fine. And what I mean by like where I see the menu going is like relentless. Mm -hmm. I see it as being a very relentless approach to a menu, which is like, there's going to be changes. There's going to be like uncomfort and comfort. There's Mm -hmm. going to be a little bit of like everything for everybody. And there's also going to be something for the people that want to try something fucking weird. It'll be there. hundred percent. It'll be there. And it's like, for me always that starts with like the introduction of like an all in-house made charcuterie program for the most part. Yep. Like stuff like that is not super common. You only see that in really big establishments that have lots of room and lots of things to work with. Like it's hard Yep. Like an in-house charcuterie program is hard, and I'm about that. <laughs> I'm fucking about that. I am all for it. I'm sorry, my bad. No, I, the, 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 the K, K, K your bed and knee your bed. Like, like we we we, we fucking. <laughs> it took me a second to realize what was happening there. K, K your bed and knee your bed. You're welcome. But uh, like we get like. You, you kind of frame that as like a, as like a, like a, like something to overcome almost, right? Like we're like close quarters, small it's area better. to work it, but like we get the opportunity to make those things in house, and like we have the resources at hand. Where like if we need it, the commissary kitchen is there. And like Manny and everyone else will help us, but like to come into a place that's fucking twenty-five to forty seats, depending on if you want to count the bar, right? And like for me, for for me to me, uh, you walk into a place where like it's that few seats, and like pasta is made in house, charcuterie is made in house. Etc. 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 Like that's something that Miami doesn't really have. It's common in like 
New York, Chicago, right, other places, right? Like, like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like sort of out of character or weird in other places. But like here, that's not it. Like that's not that's not what Miami typically does, and like we're doing the fuck out of that. Mm-hmm. So to that end, like you know, I'm 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 incredibly grateful for that opportunity. I'm incredibly grateful that like like we get to represent that part of food in this city. I think it also like the kids in that room they don't quite understand like you can learn so much because there's so few. You're going to do things that make you very uncomfortable in the fact of like you've never actually prepped them before or had to organize something like this before or do something like this before. And it's something that you can carry with you for the rest of your life. My man, like (laughs) we have a new cook who just started and like I pulled them outside, both new cooks, him and her. I pulled them both outside and I said, listen, like this, this is a very unique opportunity because it's a fast forward button. Like you work in other kitchens. It's big enough that you get lost in the mix Uh here. Accountability is like, is everything. And like you're under a microscope all the time because there's four of us. Like at best, most people on the line at one time, you're talking about saute mid garmo and me expediting. There's four people. So like, you don't get to hide. You don't get to be lost in the mix of like, oh, I work. I'm like one of two fry cooks or whatever the fuck. No, no, no. You're like neck deep in it all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're being held accountable all the time. That is a fast forward button to being a good cook. For sure. Period. Like Without Because in this kitchen, technique matters. In this kitchen, fundamentals matter. Other places you can get away. You can slide. You can... Here, you cannot. There's nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. And the standard is such that, like, you have to deliver. And if you don't, I'm going to work on coaching you to get there. And if after coaching you, you don't get there, got to go. Some people don't, like, take to coaching super well, and it's fine. I I think that we're going to see, like, uh, I think the next two weeks are going to be very telling. I think they're going to be very telling. But I think overall, you know, um, so many openings deep, personal openings for me, shit that I own, and also like previous openings for things that I've done for other people. This was a really great, cohesive, like, lead opening, you know. And now the goal is to, you know, and the hard thing for you, like it is for anyone in your position is to be able to take a step back and look at like the things that needs to be worked on. Right. Which are like the things that I'll say, like, I don't know, until I'm fucking blue in the face. Uh, Those are the things that among the being asked several questions or having to deal with several things that you just like, don't want to fucking deal with are also part of the things that you're going to have to say every single fucking day, Mm -hmm. which is like the walk-in. Yep. The dry storage. Yep. Underneath things. Your low boy. Labeling things right. So on and so on and so forth. Until the y- two younger cats that are underneath you start doing it for you. And they yep. will eventually. Yep. And they will eventually and they'll get there to that point, but it takes time to get them there. 
it takes much more of a leader to get those to want to take the time to get those people there as opposed to saying to someone that already knows it mm-hmm. you know like us in this in this room that we're in right now like i have no more time to tell people like this is what they need to be doing mm. they should already fucking know All right you know it's a great it's a great place to grow in for those kids and like i i really hope that some you know some won't make it some will make it and and the ones that do make it even even the ones that don't make it i hope that they look back and say fuck man like i really learned a lot there same thing with the kids that never made it through air yet like same way yeah I, I think that those kids probably look back and say man i should have fucking stayed there right. <laughs> yep. i should have not fucked that up yep so anyways this was fucking great Woo! this was just like uh i feel like we've done this so like i'm exhausted i feel like we've had this conversation for the last 20 days you're welcome is uh is that your cue to do the wind down here? I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? We can all I mean, we know where to find this guy too. So. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> trust me, I know. But tomorrow I <coughs> find him. But um, is there anything else you want to you want to touch upon, sir, before we uh, head out into the abyss of uh, possible more Negronis? And oh God, what is this? you? Yeah. Uh, things I want to touch on. Grateful to be a part of this team. Chef Britt, Chef Tom, Chef John. Like I I I I I'm constantly taken aback by how lucky I am to be supported by so many people who want me to be success- successful. That being said, uh long live the Gibson the Gibson. <laughs> I've had a few too many cocktails. You're welcome. I love that for you on your day, half day off. That's good. Well, you're off tomorrow. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, where we go to our wind down. We're going to start with our parting recommendations. I'm pretty sure that everybody here knows knows the drill, but just in case, this is where everybody recommends a thing. could be a thing that you drink, eat, read, watch, a place you go, whatever. You first. Michael Beltran. Whoo! Um... I gotta like I gotta digest some information here because I've been I've been eat I've eaten a couple things recently that I I really enjoyed and I don't quite remember where. Um, fuck me, man. What have I watched lately that was pretty good? You know, I already talked about that I finished Stranger Things and that was great. No, everyone, I have not watched The Bear yet. Um, I will say, uh, I'm gonna, wa- I'm gonna watch. You'll it. watch it eventually. I just wanna, I just wanna wah, let people know wah, wah. the reason why I have not watched it yet is because I do not have the mental bandwidth to pay that much attention to okay. something that everyone is so incredibly engulfed in. So until I have that time, I will not watch it. And when I do watch it, I will give everyone my two cents. But it doesn't make a difference that everyone's engulfed in. You just don't have time. Correct. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like. I need the only thing I need to watch is shit that I can fall asleep to that I don't need to care that much about. I get it. What I'm, what I'm saying, what I was gonna say was, whenever you get around to it, whether it's next week or next year, we will do a podcast with Nick Sias in the Zoom Zoom room. In the Zoom Zoom room, we might. I haven't asked him actually, but I think it'd be cool to bring in Robbie, so we could have a screenwriter, TV actor, and a chef. I love talking this. about the bear. Yeah, I love I love good. it. I can't I, I actually cannot fucking wait for that. Right. Well sounds like you're gonna, but Well so part of my parting recommendation, shit that I ate recently that I cannot stop thinking mm. about mm. 
So I um, let these motherfuckers know, Mike. <laughs> I I love a chef pre day off. Drinking is one of my favorite things in the world. It's been saga since like four. Uh, so I know it's going to be like a really good time. It's fine. You're we're, welcome. We're going to get you where you need to get to. Safely. Don't worry about um, it. So I recently, for uh, our last the, the two, uh, I'll mention two things that are pretty special. So for our last final celebration of um, Ariat winning a Michelin star, I took the team, the kitchen team bowling, which now I'm going to take the um, the front of the house team bowling. This week, what I learned after that experience was one: I am a dreadful bowler. Can, can I? Can I? Uh, I saw uh, Brian Shore yep. uh, posted a lot of highlight footage. Uh-huh. As he does, you're all awful. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Every fucking last one of you. No, I mean that. That's I, accurate, and that's fine. As long as a lot of awful people are are bowling together, it's fine. I'm pretty yeah. sure uh, Brian. Um, uh, came out on top there, and there were at least in the picture that he posted. First of all, I'd like to say the first game I took. That's I fine. won the first game. That's fine. When, when, the one after he... that, I, I became fatigued. Congratulations! <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> after that game, I became fatigued, and I and I I honestly I packed it all fatigued. in. Fatigued. There I were was fatigued. What there were. You mean? Where are you going? Fatigued. Okay. The score. The scoreboard. The... I was fatigued. fatigued. It's bowling. When was the last time you bowled? When was the last time you bowled? All right, it's been a while. Okay. The 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 score the scores he put up, I think he was at like I forget what his number was, but it was over a hundred. The rest of the board didn't get to three hundred combined. That well, that's probably true. I I'm just saying I hit a hundred my first game. Okay. Every game after that was pretty bad. But I'm okay with it. I messaged him. I told him you got to get those people back out there and put money on it. Take all their fucking money. Brian, you know he really, he really, he 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 rose to the occasion. Yeah, like really, really well. So that was great. Um, Chef Manny and myself, we put together like little care packages for everyone. It was pretty cool. Made custom knives, custom mugs, and all kinds of shit. It was dope. Nice. But before that, I got there obviously an hour early. And I ate at Graciano's next door, the asador one, right, which is the the grill grilling one. Yep. And I just had a quick bite, and I had um, their morcilla with grilled polenta and some kind of like brulee tomato thing, and I just had like grilled sweetbreads with chimichurri, and um, both very simple. But man, that fucking morcilla, like you know, you cut it open, you spread it on the fucking polenta, it was incredibly fucking delicious, and I honestly. The only reason I'm super jacked up about Sunday, which is, I love taking my staff out, but um, is to go back an hour early to eat the Morcia again because I, I am very, very incredibly excited about it. Got so it. that's my parting recommendation, really. Graciano's been doing a good job for a long time. And also their Negroni that I had with my uh, food <coughs> was also incredibly solid, and I love that. Cool. We're back at the bowling story. But pre-bowling, when I had some somebody I eat, remember. Yeah. yeah, I had somebody eat. And I liked it very much. Uh, Graciano uh, Morcia. Morcia. Street breads. and Morcia. Yeah, yeah, and Morcia. You can also find Morcia at the Gibson Room, uh, available every day on the Charcuterie Board. Very approachable. Uh, you got any parting recommendations, Chris? Woof! Oh, baby. 
Recommending Monopolio. Yeah. Shout out to the yeah. sort of sponsor. Well, also, um, I'll start with uh, Footworks in South Miami. That's a good recommendation. Oh, That's yeah, a shameless yeah. plug and a partner it recommendation. Is, yeah. like I'll, I'll Those are my people. Yep. Um, after that, I'd say um, come to the Gibson Room. There you go. Like, eat we'll, some we'll take pasta. it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Eat some fucking uh, uh, charcuterie. 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 Char- 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 a little charcuterie board. Um. All right. So what else? What else you got? Eat, what else eat you got? some charcuterie. Um. But uh. But other shameless plugs like uh. If you haven't had the BK Pie at Chugs, oh yeah, that's a good. One. What yep. the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Amen. Like tighten up. Amen, sis. Go there. Get you some fucking BK Pie. Also, say hi to JP. Oh yeah, we got our new head barista, Jay Pizzle. John Paul. John John Paul. John Paul. He is a legend. He's gonna make you a great shot of espresso. Or other things. I mean there's a variety of other things, but like that espresso he's gonna make you, he's gonna dial in that machine and make you espresso like you've never had. He's gonna dial it. Hashtag you're welcome. Just like you call Miss Cleo. Dial it in. Hey, can I tell you? That's it. Before we get the shameless plugs, if you want to watch out for something, mm-hmm. and Chris has, uh, I will 150 fucking percent blame Chris Hughesby <laughs> for what I have to go, what we all have to go through next month is that the kitchen team at the Gibson and the kitchen team at Ariette have dedicated themselves to running 50 miles. Ooh. It doesn't sound like a lot, right? You won't. Mi- you won't, yeah. You won't. 50 miles in the month of August. Also, I've talked shit to the point where, like, I have to do a minimum of 60. Right. Which I'm just I'm just trying to eclipse 50. If I can get to 50, I'll feel super fucking happy. I don't. <laughs> Don't move. I'm worked up. I'm yeah, worked up. You're, uh, yeah, because you put us here. This is all your fault. Blame Brian Shore. Yeah, no, me. Brian Shore ran 100 miles last month. He ran 100 miles last month, and you're putting a kitchen team of a bunch of people that don't work out and saying we're going to run 50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you remember when I ran a marathon last year? Yes. Yeah. I'm aware that you can run. I don't run. But I'm out here. So- okay. All right. <laughs> okay. I got it. More. Right. I'm just saying, if you guys want to follow along, it's probably going to be pretty fun to watch. All I'm saying is stop crying. I'm listen. You got bro, 60 miles in you. I have no doubt. I'm yeah. worried. I'm worried about my team here. I'm worried about Kevin. I'm worried about Rafa. I'm worried about Alessandro. Those kids are gems. At, and I know that, but not at running. Doesn't They're not matter. At, Doesn't yeah, matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Chef, we're gonna get Chef Ashley to run 50 miles. Well. <laughs> Can, can, we, can we refocus on the Alessandro? Yeah, Kevin, yeah. yeah. And well, the, you're saying Ashley can't run 50 miles? I'm going to let her know. I'm going to tell her. I'm going to let her know what you said. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I can't I, wait. All right. Uh, shameless plugs. Anyways, you can find me. So I would you never can, say that Ashley can't do that. Why do you look that? like Data right now? Yeah. I would never say that Ashley can't do that. Is that what Data? Yeah, is, is that, that a, like, uh, what's his name? Star Trek. Data. No, Data was the robot guy. This is the blind uh, Reader oh, read Rainbow. Right. This uh, is Jordy. Jordy, that's Jordy right. Jordy LaForge. Jordy LaForge. I know shit. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. But, but <laughs> a- Ashley absolutely can. 
But like, that's not her job right now. Mm. We're all in. We're all in this together. You've put us all here. Shameless plugs. You can find me at Florida Weekend. <laughs> you can and, find me at Pig Inc. And uh, and you can find me also at. F- and uh, is, is that getting bleeped out too? Yeah, ah, run it. And, it. and you could also uh, find me at the Gibson Room, mm. uh, probably uh, making pasta oui. and um, you know ordering food yes, and stuff, uh-huh. and just uh, preparing a kitchen for greatness. Let these motherfuckers know. <laughs> Your turn. Oh, it's my plugs now. Shameless plugs. I thought I already did footworks the whole thing. That, you, you did kind of shameless plug your way you shameless into the. Plug your way to. Oh man! Are, are, are we? Do, is there going to be a lightning round here? Oh yeah, there is. Okay, what? a lightning round. Oh, man. You never pay the dollar, so you don't know about it, but it's fine. It's a very exclusive club that gets to see this. Uh, I'm this, gonna. I, I am gonna uh, recommend, and then also a, shameless plug. A Kentucky waterfall. I'm gonna recommend, even though we kind of talked about it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend that people watch The Bear in anticipation of our eventual episode on The Bear. Are you okay? <laughs> I almost died. When you said Kentucky Waterfall, I almost died. Oh, man. Woo! <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Cheers. <laughs> this has been the best yeah. conclusion of the Shame, podcast. Shameless plugs, welcome to opening restaurants. If anyone out there wants to open up a restaurant, they can uh, visit whatever hospitality school. You can see what it looks like after two weeks. Oh, this is good. Here we are. Yeah, in tandem with the DadeMag.com internship <laughs> the program. Yeah. <laughs> the instructions go: cut a mullet. Yeah, first and foremost. But show everyone the mullet. No, but take your hat off. There it is. There it is. Oh wow, the hat head mullet is. Extra good. That's a Kentucky waterfall. If anyone didn't know, Fuck. you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. That being said, uh, okay. my plugs go as follows: the fucking Gibson Room, Footworks in South Miami, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ariad Hospitality. That's it. Drop the mic. Don't drop the mic. We only have one right, right, right. But the, drop the mic. I lean back, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. This has been Pancom Podcast. Thank you, Chef Chris Hughesby. You got something to say? I just want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, I really, I, I think it would be beneficial for everyone to just, I know all of you cheap people out there, just pay the dollar for the lightning round because I feel like be this one's one. going to be juicy. It's going to be a Get good lightning there. round. And the lightning round starts. Boop. Now. Boop.